Hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Faith and Fandom podcast. Today we are on episode two of our final, not final crisis, uh, identity crisis uh, discussion. Uh, we are starting with chapter two or issue two of it, and we're moving forward. I'm joined today with uh, the magnificent Todd Turner of Mosaic <laughs> Fan Art. Magnificent. That's hilarious. Um, Todd Turner of Mosaic Fan Art and all the other wonderful things that he does. He's done some geek churches out in the Kentucky area, and he is a pharmacist. I was going to say you're a drug dealer, but let's not say that. Um, I know. That'd be bad. <laughs> that'd be bad. Um, yeah. But uh, Todd is a professional geek as well. And um, I try hard. You try hard. And he's one of the got one of the coolest comic book collections I've ever seen um, in passing even. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to be discussing identity crisis because absolutely no one demanded a podcast <laughs> review of an 18 year old oh. comic book. But it's definitely needed. You know, I think there's a lot of gold in identity crisis. And um, I think it's like the more just looking over it, because, you know, just doing this with you, I've looked over it a little more than uh, I have even when I just read it recently. And yeah. I, I feel like uh, there's there's a lot of good and relevant things. Oh, yep. Good. We're broadcasting. Shiny. Um, <laughs> just making sure the, yep. Because I'm. This is this is me being super concerned oh, yeah. about excellence. Um, there you go. And I heard somebody say recently that the uh, the hardcore um, uh, demand for excellence and everything is a biblical cowardly cover up for self righteous perfectionism. <laughs> That's a lawful lot of multi-syllable words. I don't it is, but it's just listen, that, like, you know, there, I do I, average extremely well. Yeah. And, and that's the, I think, of, you know, I, I'm a whole heart person. And to me, whole heart doesn't always have to be completely polished. Um, I do rec- I do appreciate excellence when it's there, but if excellence is getting in the way of actually the heart of something, then, you know, I'm kind of like less impressed. My ear holes are not functioning. I think that's I think that's part of the reason why I like doing mosaics because it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, yeah. I get to break up glass and it just it's like I've told you before, it's extremely forgiving. And it's just like everybody will go, Oh, that looks so nice. I'm like, really, this is a goof. <laughs> so, but you know, I, I, I've said that this almost every time we've talked, but like legit, that's one of my favorite phrases of my entire life is uh the glass is forgiving. Like that's yeah. gonna be in that's gonna be in some like puzzle it'll, it'll be on my tombstone or something somewhere <laughs> this is gold, Listen, the glass was forgiving i'm sure it would be a fortune and i'm sure it would be uh you know tedious but if you don't have a mosaic tombstone i'm gonna be kind of sad shoot i don't <laughs> know about that man <laughs> it'll just be pieces of a tombstone laying together and somebody's got to put it together to find out exactly who's buried here well, so I know this is we uh that would be a puzzle that's not a mosaic <laughs> on mother's day um, I went to visit my mother's grave and my family went and we saw that somebody had, it looked like very intentionally knocked over someone's tombstone. Ooh, that's a bummer. And so, you know, tombstones weigh like 43 million pounds. And uh, <laughs> I uh, said, all right, family project, we're going to pick this thing up. Oh, um, wow. 
that would be a yeah. puzzle. That's not a mosaic. My friend Josh, John was watching. He said, yes, this is the dude with all the dope mosaic pieces. Um, but uh, as you are known. That's cool. I like that. Yes. Uh, I like but being no. the dope mosaic piece guy. So I walked over by myself and I was like, I'll do it. And like thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. a gangster. Let me pull this off. And then I was like, oh, no, this is a horrible life choice. And then like go to the hospital later, (laughs) my whole family like pitched in and, you know, I'm, you know, a little concerned about my wife trying to do heavy lifting right now. Right. All all five of us grabbed in and we like straight, like yoinked that tombstone and put it back. Oh man. That's awesome. I felt pretty burly about that. Um, No kidding. uh, Yeah. Today we're going to be discussing identity crisis issue two through whatever. Um, And this 18 year old comic book that pushed a lot of boundaries from Brad Meltzer and uh but yeah the, rags morales and rags morales as we talked about last time we talked about just the first issue that uh someone killed sue Dar- dabney darney darney dibney. dibney dibney there we go i was like my words all chunky uh someone it's killed right. sue dibney and they think it's dr light and go it's kind of where it picks up off um again michael turner's covers on this thing are so gorgeous. gorgeous they literally were so gorgeous like check out this like a shot of yeah, that's the cover of two issue yeah, two. That's the cover of two, and mm-hmm. man, it's just so flipping beautiful. Um, let me ask you this: What was like when you were first reading this? What was your impression of Gene Loring? Uh, just out the gate, did you have any suspicion? Did you have any concern? No, did you? No, because at this point, we had um, in comic book fandom. I mean, we've really never had anybody in. We've never had anybody do something like this that I can think of, um, you know, I, I guess I really had no suspicion that she was the one at all, because I think it opens up the issue two opens up with, she is trying to get back with Ray Palmer, I guess. Well, not really trying to get back, but she's but, not, she's, you know, she's laying the groundwork, but he's like come over to protect her. And right. You know, right. I thought it was kind of just the, the not lame, but I thought it was just the most, over wonky thing that you've got a superhero that can literally shift size and change all the the function of mass and reality and he gives her a crossbow yeah I'm like, <laughs> like i'm like yeah, bro i know you, silly. I, I know you can do better <laughs> it, <laughs> but it's just that like look in her eyes um you know just with that but of uh doing that yeah whatever you're up to ray be careful yeah and that's just just one of those things of like I get that sweet moment because I know I've I've handed my family random dumb weapons for things before. Like uh, <laughs> we live, I'm not saying we live in a bad neighborhood, right? But we are definitely on the cusp of a bad neighborhood. Like we could see the bad neighbor from from like the porch. And um, I got you, but we're we kind of got this neat little sandwich because I've got the school board directly right there i'm looking at the school board Mm -hmm. and right behind me is an old established church that's large um so we've got this neat little safe little you know corner and but at every doorway in our house are like random melee weapons oh nice melee weapons (laughs) so there's like baseball bats like a mace there's there's (laughs) i've literally got like a caveman club uh, that, I hope like, it's not we, a blow up one because that is not going to help. Oh no, no, we we like carved it out of a tree. Oh, like, wow. yeah, <laughs> and it, it's like Captain K straight up. Um, there's <laughs> golf clubs, uh, and 
there's been many a time I'll come home and I'll come in a door my kids weren't expecting. Oh man, you're gonna get whacked right in the head, man. And one of these I, days, and Bella, who, uh, my middle kid, is you know she's almost my height now, um, and uh, like she straight up uh, came about to here with a baseball bat the other day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm like, yeah, fair. Don't don't give them the crossbow, okay? Yeah, well, that's like even like right behind me. There's I, I think it's a bat lift. It's the Star Trek sword thing. oh yeah i see yeah <laughs> like I've, I've got one like weapon yeah i've got this joker right here that's like not like okay this yeah is, that's like a meta baby one yeah it's it's a smaller <laughs> one but it is yeah. sharp and it's just there like, you go i'm like <laughs> how did hector die well his kids <laughs> a baby battle his kids <laughs> impaled him with a baby battle um i'll mosaic that into your tombstone <laughs> yes please <do>. um <laughs> But he gives his wife, uh, his ex-wife, this crossbow. And, you know, I thought it was a cool moment. But uh, coming right off of that, there's this moment where uh, I thought was, again, the neck. This issue is a good one. But to me personally, issue three is like the the most. Oh, that's the Deathstroke issue. Yeah, the Deathstroke issue is one of the my top ten favorite comics of all time. Um, but I love this moment mm-hmm. just right after the crossbow thing where Carter, like Hawkman, can literally see Flash. Yes, vibrating moving. at the speed of sound or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, like, because I don't like. I don't know that I'd ever really. I see you, Wally. Is what he says because he's got those bird eyes, I guess, or whatever. And that's one of the things. Like in my mind, I hadn't ever had a connection that Hawkman had, like crazy no. supervision. I've never like, thought of that ever. Makes like sense. It, it makes sense, but like, has that? It, do you? I don't think it. Had, I've no, but here's the deal. Honestly, I, I don't read a lot of Hawkman. Like, so no, but you, you were, know, you had some old, like, you know, JSA I did, yeah, but they, yeah, but they never talked about that at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is it the Hawk mask? Is it a power? Like, what's the deal? Like, I never, uh, yeah, who knows? They don't really go into that either. So, yeah. Cause when my they favorite, cut, they cut the straps off and he falls without his wings attached. Without, yeah. Like, he can't fly. Right. So I'm like, yeah. if he takes the mask off, okay. But what are you saying? The um, the interesting thing about this is that you get Wally West because Barry's gone, yeah. right? And Barry was one of the original ones who voted. Like Barry was the Barry. I don't know if we find out in this issue or maybe the next it's issue. It's maybe in the next one, but the tiebreaker. Okay, thing. right. So Wally's been thrown into this part, and <laughs> it seems like you know every crisis that we have in the dc universe centers around a flash every time (laughs) and the best thing is at the bottom of one of these pages where elongated man says wally this isn't about you (laughs) i just about i was like oh yeah you know for one time this is not about you wally and uh there's a lot of that was on purpose I i believe it had to be but i also feel like that also has some resentment um, if you go back to the first issue when it's talking with a elongated man saying that one of his, his favorite oh, yeah. thing is that his wife didn't notice Barry. Right. She noticed him. That she oh, noticed. No. Right. Sometimes you just like, what was the ice cream? <laughs> butter pecan. <laughs> Sometimes you just like butter pecan. And mm-hmm. so for him to be in the middle of this, my wife is dead. There's a crisis thing. And for another flash to insert himself, it's like, Bro, get out of here. This ain't about you. <laughs> this is not <laughs> I the love time. It. I know it. Yeah. So basically we have 
a new Green Lantern and a new Flash taking the place of the other two that were in the at when the, the seven, I guess, or yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but you know, as cool as a uh, Hawkman uh, being able to see uh, Flash vibrating at that speed, my favorite thing is that uh, Wally said, "I see you too, Kyle." It, or not Wally, but uh, Ollie said, I see you too, Kyle. And he's he was like, just flat up bluffing. bluffing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, listen, that would be me. Like, if I was in a Justice League hall or meeting someone, like, I see you, Wally. I see you, Kyle. Like, just, like, <laughs> bluffing my way. Even like, if oh. they're not even there. Be like, yeah. what? <laughs> so one of my craziest life moments was um, I was uh, pastoring a two-story church or three-story church somewhere in there. Either way, it had stairs and levels. I was pastoring a church, and I had to be out there at about 3 o'clock in the morning because uh, a student was on a uh, watch where they needed somebody being supportive at the time there at the medical center and the university. And the, the student finally went to sleep, and they said, hey, you can go home now. And so I went to go get my backpack from the church building. Um, and I went to hit the alarm boop, 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 and it said, uh, back door ajar. Oh, nice. So, and this is one of those, like, it takes you 10 minutes to walk across the whole campus buildings. So I walk all the way down, lock the door and the door was popped open. Like the back door way on the other side mm-hmm. was popped open. And as I'm walking through, uh, like, I think I hear something upstairs and I had a, I had an Ollie moment where I'm just like bluffing, like, you know, it's like, whatever. I'm like, I said, you better get out of here. And I just yelled like, uh-huh. just kidding around. Thunderous footsteps took off. Oh, wow. There really was someone there. There was someone there. And at that point in time, I took off running down the hallway, dialing 911. Uh, got out to the side of the church building and I look up and on the second or third story, I see a window get kicked out (gasps) and a dude with a butcher knife dove head first out the window of at least a butcher knife. And, um, and here's the thing. He landed on his neck on the sidewalk (gasps) holding a butcher knife. And then he eventually got up and ran away. He was caught later that night stealing a bunch of clippers from a barber shop. Maybe you just like sharp implements. <laughs> but what, like, so Edward Scissorhands. Uh, the you know I didn't know what it this. I assumed that I came in and he was already breaking in or whatever. Right. Um. It went to trial. Like, because he got caught for a bunch of things, and the guy said, um, <laughs> he incriminated himself way worse. Because mm-hmm. he said that uh, you were a witness. This pastor uh, saw you uh, once you had broken Jump in. out of window. And he said, oh, no, I broke in while he was in there. Um, and I grabbed the knife from the kitchen because I saw that he was in there. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so yeah, one, nice. breaking into an occupied space upgraded the whole criminal charge. Oh, yeah. And then saying that he got a weapon with intent like put him in a whole nother class yeah sometimes it's better off just to just keep your mouth shut but that was like (laughs) one of those moments where i bluffed and then i instantly regretted it 
Oh like, yeah. I would have rather have just walked out of the building and let him have whatever he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like he can have all like, of our scissors. <laughs> my heart rate was up for like weeks. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. Just, Cause you have PTSD after that. Honestly, you go and then you start thinking, is it behind every door? You know, I mean, if you really stop to think it's, it's, this is why, this is why my wife has a counseling center. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, because of that, one, um, of, one, one of the many checklist things to do the next time I go to Kentucky, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's <laughs> you come right on, man. Hopefully we'll have a new building by then. Awesome. Oh gosh. But I mean, just so, yeah. literally I mean, imagine that you're dealing with these people on a regular basis knowing that they could be like invisible in the room with you or freaking Ray alone for that matter. That's just, you know, this it whole is book- sort of creepy. That is sort of creepy. I mean, this whole book is a little bit, I mean, it, it tackles a lot of stuff. Um, it's very Watchmen esque, honestly. It does have some strong Watchmen vibes and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking like, uh, I saw a post this morning on TikTok where, someone that didn't realize that the comedian was based on peacemaker um was saying like you know you know peacemaker is just a carbon copy of uh the comedian i was like mm-hmm. y'all missed that part missed miss, yeah <laughs> you yeah. missed that boat um you didn't yeah this but, book was made before they were all before the doomsday clock yeah countdown and but that's just one of those things <clears> like these these folks were dark and this entire book uh, really does hinge on how fragile trust is and how important trust is as well. And like, I don't think that people sat easy with um, the trust, the super, cause I really think, cause identity crisis followed, not identity crisis, but a uh, infinite crisis followed this. And I think that this made infinite crisis a million times better. Oh, I think this is, this is a, I mean, we like to say that, um, like the dark Knight returns the, or no. Yeah. The, what's the Frank Miller book, you know, yeah, the yeah. four issue. Yeah. Or, um, killing joke. Like that's the, that's the turning point. And I was like, I don't know, as far as uh, Batman had always been dark, but you'd never really seen another part of the rest of these heroes. I mean, they're all bright colors. They're green, they're red, they're, yeah. you know, they're yellow, uh, they're all woohoo bright. This book is, I mean, it tackles a, it tackles real, real world problems that happen, you know, within a superhero, supervillain community, basically. And, you know, how far, how far will your grief push you? Because honestly, I mean, once we experience real trauma, um, which is what, and it, it is in this book where they explain what happened with Dr. Light and yeah, Sue yeah. Dibney. It is in this. I mean, once you experience that as a as a loved one, um, I mean, how far will you how far will your grief or your anger or your trauma? How far will you go after you experience that? You know, and what does that say about who you are at your whole entire core? Or it's a you know, I don't know. There's a lot to be. There's a lot of spiritual stuff we can take away from that. There's a lot of psychological stuff we can take away from this but I, I believe this was the first time anything like this happened in a mainstream comic book outside of like you know the fridging with a uh, kyle's yes. wife and barbara stuff like outside of that mm-hmm. stuff this was the first time we saw something this date and so um, let me go ahead and uh throw <clears throat> this out uh for all the 
listeners that are on the podcast, but also for everybody watching on Facebook, um, trigger warning, uh, sensitive yes. material ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, sexual assault and rape and uh, some violations and stuff that go with that. So heavy, heavy material, heavy, heavy which material, is, which is also this is not something you expect in the second issue of a Justice League story. Right. Like, that's I think that was the thing that threw everybody off so bad. But uh, so coming out of this thing, Sue Dibney's just been buried. The next thing we come across is this horrible depiction. And here's the thing. I don't think that it was. Uh, I don't think it was done badly. I think. Oh, well, that's I mean, as far as telling the story. And really, I mean, I don't know. Yes, it wasn't done badly, but but because it's a horrible it, thing done well, it feels yeah. horrible. <laughs> and yeah, and a lot of it is honestly, you have to fill in the blanks. With it's all what off happened. screen. It's all like Be, close up on know, hands, close up on. You faces. know what happened? You know, yeah. Doctor Late, Doctor Light violated um, Ralph's wife Sue. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it was traumatic to read that um it was traumatic yes. to see it for the first time but th- i like you said this was the first time i had seen something like this mm-hmm. in a book now now it's a lot less you know you know this it could be a tuesday on right any given on tv book or on even t- on tv or whatever yeah you know but back then <laughs> tuesday on any given comic book shop you're right it could be um i don't like- know though dr light's character is an absolute creepo. Oh, I mean, the way they draw him, the things he says, and it's like, oh my gosh, they make him dark. Go ahead. I was just extremely dark. If you can read issue two of Identity, that's hilarious. Dr. Light is extremely Extremely dark. dark. (laughs) If you can read issue two of Identity Crisis without feeling cringy or uncomfortable or a pit in your stomach, yeah, I can. There's something wrong with you. you. I'm concerned. Absolutely. You. you read the first one, you should be automatically have such great empathy for, for Ralph, so much empathy. And then you read the second one, and you should be, oh my gosh, and almost anger. And I mean, they do a good job of getting you to feel how the, um, the heroes in this feel and helpless. Honestly, what can we do? You know, you and I. What can we do? We can't. We know what their solution to this was. And, you know, and li- like outside of just painting a horrible situation, um, Meltzer's dialogue over the narration. Oh, yeah. Again, it's beautifully done, but makes it that much worse. Right. Like yeah. while, mm-hmm. while it's happening, um, uh, she said, uh, uh, all, that's all she wanted a quiet night looking at the stars and mm-hmm. like, I'm just like, <laughs> it's just like, it's breaks my heart. Um, and I, you know, I appreciate the depths of the storytelling with it. I appreciate that, you know, Meltzer went there and that's the thing I'm currently, I, since, you know, I, right before we started this, I read another Meltzer book. I'm currently, let's say two, like halfway through his newest novel. And, um he pulls no punches he's not Mm -hmm. he's not gory or horrible for the sake of 
lack of creativity, but man, he paints with pain. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And, and that's just what like, uh, to one. Yeah. Of the I think honestly, this is one of the, I, the way this is written, I've already, already mentioned that with the color blocks for each individual, uh, superhero and it's, it's well written. You can't, you know, I, it's great. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. Um, but he does paint a really great picture. So you find out that Dr. Light had assaulted Sue Dibney um, and the heroes came in and and you know, they whooped up on it. They said it was like trying him. to tackling an elephant because he was and all that power, know. pure adrenaline. But I think the, the thing that got them was when Dr. Light looks at him and says, it's your weakness, isn't it? I finally got it. And it's like, oh, no. And then he goes, he says, I'll find her again. You know, I'll find you again. Evil. I'll, then I'll, I'll find all of yours, you know. And, you know, the, the fact that he was saying, I'm putting all of your family at threat. Yeah. You know, um, he's like, is that a wedding ring I see under that costume? Oh, I'll find. Your yes. Wife. With the flash. Bro. I'll find your wife. <laughs> Bro, that was horrible. Which at this point, Iris was dead. If I'm not mistaken, Iris had already died. And Wally still had his wedding ring on. Wait, was uh, Barry, Barry's Barry, married to Iris. Barry, right. Iris, I believe at this point had already died and Barry was still wearing his wedding ring. Yeah, but Barry's I'm, dead I'm, too. Well, now. But oh, at that happened, point in the story. Oh. At this point in the story, I believe that Barry literally had his wedding ring on and Iris was already dead. Oh, that's even worse. Holy cow. I'm, I'm um, almost pretty sure about that. So... um, Going well, this is six months, six months after Iris had died. Oh, yeah, man. I looked that up. Yeah. Oh, so he's you. still wearing his wedding ring after losing his wife six months ago. That's that's horrible. Um, yeah. By, by the way, hi, hi, Mike Wilson. Hi, Julie. Um, commenting in. Is, you know, appreciate y'all jumping in. Um, so the idea that after they beat the living daylights out of Dr. Light's um and gave ralph that moment the idea is that from that point on what do you do with someone who knows your secrets right knows your identity and is threatening to do it um well and i, I think it's important to know that at this point ralph takes sue to the hospital ralph yeah. is not here for what happens afterwards yeah so ralph took sue to the hospital ralph was not part of this decision um and uh i'm i'm gonna diverge here again i'm gonna throw another trigger trigger warning real quick for anyone jumping in we are talking about the book identity crisis um which issue two does have the sexual assault of the wife of a superhero and her eventual murder um i'm gonna say this um and i'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it because i will turn into ralph dibney um yeah. but uh when about about four to five years ago, um, a large child. Now, he was like 11, but he was six foot. Oh, yeah. Um, he was a big boy, but I mean, still a child. Um, inappropriately touched one of my daughters. Mm. We were at a community event and... Um, he was bigger than her and he forcibly touched one of my daughters in an inappropriate manner. And uh, I 
lost my mind. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I understand. I have two daughters. I get it. And I lost my mind. And, you know, I went and uh, grabbed like because another parent found it, found the situation, stopped it, mm-hmm. saved the day, so to speak. Um, and I went and got that kid's parent. Um, but I, I was livid and I was like, I wanted to end that young man. <laughs> and I, now granted he's 11, but he's also like two feet taller than me. And, um, so like, it was hard for me not to look at It was hard for me to look at him as a young man, as a young, yeah. Right. As, as a child. Right. Not as a grown man who I wanted to thrash. Um, and, you know, I struggled with it and I thought that I was okay with it. Um, you know, he apologized. We talked, um, went through all the appropriate Christian responses to it. And then, um, I lost my mind about six months later. Um, I saw him at a, outside of a church nursery. Oh, nice. Like he was going to his mother or guardian was working in the church nursery Mm -hmm. and he was going to talk to her, but I snapped and I grabbed that young man by the collar and drug him down the hallway (laughs) and Mm -hmm. deposited him in the lobby. And I like, literally I, and this wasn't like, this wasn't a full extent, like huge assault or anything. This was someone inappropriately touched it was a varying degrees it's still wrong hector it's still yes. wrong but in my I, wife's line of work she reports that yeah and it did um yeah and with my the thing was like i thought that i had gotten okay with it i thought that i had forgiven and healed and everything else and i'm like oh nope i am still completely traumatized by this situation and yeah you know, there's been healing and stuff that's happened in the time past, but like, I can't imagine like being in this situation and functioning normally again. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so they're in this place where these heroes know that, uh, this demented man who literally is boasting about the fact that he's planning to assault. Oh, not only that, he's creating images with light in a couple panels, which is just horrible. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know? Um, And then to have that brought back up. (laughs) Yeah, because it, I mean, and I'm sure you felt that way. Your help, you feel helpless, honestly, you know, because you want to strike out. I mean, I would hundred percent. Um, I'd end up in jail. I'm too pretty for jail. So <laughs> I, it's not a good idea for me, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I mean, we know what their plan, what their solution was. Their solution was not just to make him, first of all, it was going to be, let's make him forget who we are. And they're like, okay, yeah, we can do that. And then they were like, no, let's take this one step further. You know, and that was let's change his, let's change who he is. Um, and that's what 
that's the big the big um you know the big vote that uh, are you see we're gonna we're gonna neuter dr light basically is what they were talking about they're gonna decrease they're gonna change who he is at his core with through magic through zatanna and uh, in hopes that this would never happen again and um it was pretty controversial vote actually yeah so let, let's let's pause there so they realized that uh dr light knew the identity uh knew the whereabouts how to get there all these stuff like that he was a very credible threat the vote the options were send him away erase his memory or change who he was as a person right this is you and you're on this league at this point in time what's your vote i don't i can't i i know what i would want to do I would want to do, kill him wasn't an option. So I'd have to take that off. Um, and I talk a big game, but when it comes down to it, I, I couldn't change who somebody was. I mean, I know that it would continually put my family at, at in. I mean, but here's the, here's the deal. The person that it happened to the family that it happened to was not here for the vote. So this is, these are all witnesses to what happened. Yeah, not literally the people that were affected the most by what happened, you know. So I'm saying that's and, what I'm saying. Not, not that you would be the victim, but if you were the witness, if you're on the league, like you you would yeah. go for, you would go for mind wipe, but not for alteration. Uh yeah, that's probably it. Mm-hmm. Not all. Not I couldn't change who the person was. Yeah, I mean, because it says ultimately. You know, coming from a family of therapists, that just doesn't work. You can't change who people are. People have to change who they are themselves. And we all know that that truly can't come without a relationship with with Jesus. I mean, honestly, you're never going to change. We are who we are. Um, And we have to, you have to, you have to decide for yourself to change yourself or it's going to come back and get you. So what about you? Don't let me, what I just said, sway anything that you no, believe no. in. I, but I think I have that same initial response. I know that my, my desire would be like, I'm just going to end you. And like, hundred percent, I'm a little bit hillbilly. So, I mean, it wouldn't <laughs> be nothing. I mean, it'd be nothing for you to never show up again. And, and I've got a whole lot of friends who'd make sure that the police would never find the body. So I did, I say that on live on the air. I think I did, but you know, previously I mean. unjustified. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That is hilarious. Railing that does, that does take place in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, in the holler, <laughs> in the holler. Oh gosh, I do love you Justified. Know, it's one of my favorite yeah. shows. Nice. I, I think it's somewhere in my uh, up like uh, actor crush of uh, Timothy. Oh, Timothy Oliphant is great, oh, and he man. plays a great Clint Eastwood in the in Rango. By the way, okay, I've never watched Rango. Um, fantastic it's hilarious but i got i got the bits i've seen i knew were funny but like uh he also plays a marshal on deadwood and that's oh and and is he dead for real on the mandalorian or are we no no no. that was the end of they put him in the bantha tank yeah and boba fett yeah they put him in the tank didn't they yeah good 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 good. that's why he he was great yeah no he'll be back and he'll be all like pew pew cybernetic Um, i love him anyway yeah but uh, Hector, your your choice. 
It's a if, hard one. If if but if based on Justice League standards, ending him's not an option. Um, yeah. Uh, like I, I feel like for me, man, I I would be a little more Watchmen on the things. Like that, either a I would want to be more violent, or b I would just want to leave him with somebody that would be. Um, oh, he would never be out of surveillance ever again. Yeah. He would he would have the worst go around as a villain because there would be a hero on him twenty four seven. Like he'd have his own satellite. So well, dude, at that point in time, like I know they kept Clark out of this, but Phantom Zone would have been an option for me. Uh, oh yeah, there you go. I would have straight. Oh, but yeah. I love that. That get we get further into that, you know, Clark hears yeah. what he wants to hear. Yeah. But for me, I would have mind wiped him and stuck him in the Phantom Zone. That would just there you go. There you go. Yeah, that'd have been a good way to do it until the phantom zone breaks down because that happens every two or three years and everybody gets out. Well, the original right. vote was uh, Zatanna, Carter, and the Adam voted to do it. Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and Dinah voted against it with Barry being the swing vote. And like you pointed out, Barry just lost his wife. And he had even targeted his dead wife, basically. He targeted his dead wife. And so you I know? think that's what did it then. I do too. The mm-hmm. fact that he but. targeted his dead wife in his threat probably is the reason why he got mind wiped in the first place like that. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, that that's heavy stuff in itself. Um, we pop over right after that and we get the little villain hangout, which I think is cute. Like all the villains hanging out, you know, in their little uh, bar and stuff. And I don't know if you've seen, but uh, there's about to be an HBO Max show of this, basically. No, I haven't. Um, So uh, on the Harley Quinn animated series, uh, Kite Man is a main character because for for like uh, at least. My favorite Kite Man scene is in Deceased when Damien and. the the three uh, so Cassie Damien and uh, Superman that's not Superman are going. Damien takes the the invisible plane to go somewhere, and Kite Man who is who is now has infected flies up and splatters on the on the the shield of the invisible plane. That's hilarious. It's my it favorite is. Kite Man scene of all time. But anyway, Tom, Tom King did a lot for Kite Man with uh, War of Jokes and Riddles. And um, that was it. I, I don't think you had jumped on at that point. No, I hadn't. Uh-uh. Okay. So uh, uh, language warning, especially coming from me, if don't want to scare anybody, because um, it's not my normal vernacular. Um, but like the, he gave Kite Man a catchphrase of hell yeah. Um, gotcha. Um, and, That's hilarious. And uh, he's like, it was something when the war jokes and really he's like, because I'm Kite Man. Hell yeah. <laughs> and um and that translated over to the harley quinn cartoon oh so like and such, yeah and it, it's not your cup of tea um so throughout that whole thing it's like an every 30 second thing oh wow one right after another yeah and so like <laughs> but they took tom king's joke which was wonderful and it translated over well now uh the whole season of two is preparing for Ivy poison Ivy and Kite Man's wedding. What? Yeah. Like he starts okay. spitting game at her in season one, and she actually 
agrees <laughs> they get engaged it's a weird thing um and but it doesn't work out and so they are giving him a spinoff that's just uh, unbelievable kite man gets that we're getting show. a kite man spinoff in 2023 wow. or 2024 um i couldn't but, get a good superhero movie until like 1989's batman and now all of a sudden we're getting like kite man has his own show that's crazy pants and we still can't get swamp thing season two but whatever oh bt dubs <laughs> swamp thing comic book is fantastic ram v but and the art is just amazing heard man I want, it's great yeah, but it's you know i want to also say poison ivy the poison ivy comic book that one was good it was I probably really- my Favorite first issue of a villain comic book, I would say. I mean, I love the Joker comic book, but it's not really about the Joker. It's more about Jim, Jim Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. Which, but uh, it was great. No, that Ivy comic was fantastic. The art in it was like. Problem was, is that you had to read the backup story in the Batman annual. I think it was. Yeah. Was a prelude. Didn't know that. Anyway, I got off subject. Yeah, I read that though. So. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good book. Just um, plugging some comics while we're at it. But there, the Kite Man show is going to be about the villains hanging out at the bar. Nice. So it's going to be like this scene, so to speak, and a combination of Kite Man and Cheers. Everybody knows your name. Um, because there's a. Have you ever seen uh, How It Should Have Ended on YouTube? No. They, mm-hmm. It's an animated series where they take every major blockbuster, every big thing, and nice. rewrite alternate ending, an alternate ending that makes more sense, or would be more entertaining, or ways that you could have solved the story way sooner, etc. Um, and so throughout that entire, like they've been doing it for years, and they like they only got sued once, to my understanding. Um, like that, terrible. Uh, Frozen. Uh, should they did how frozen should have ended and they had um professor xavier show up at the end he's like i'd like to welcome you to the xavier institute for gifted youngsters <laughs> and yeah and then they had a nice man but they um but then wolverine starts singing let it go oh no that's and, terrible. Um, and so like with was a that, good professor xavier by the way hector yes. um so they Bub. Disney sued them for that. So they had to rewrite the whole <sighs> yeah, episode. Disney don't mess around. No, um, not at all. Um, but so every episode ends with Batman and Superman sitting at the Seinfeld diner, basically um, discussing something. Well, nice. then they have a they have a villains pub where all the villains hang out and discuss it. And it's literally they took that idea the kite man thing so i've like i know how it should end it's just a youtube channel and they don't have the um collateral to fight uh yeah gotcha <laughs> warner brothers big, big brother yeah no kidding uh but i'm I've, i i firmly stand in my opinion that warner brothers just like said okay fair play you've used our characters for whatever we're taking your idea and <laughs> we're gonna make it into a cartoon oh absolutely and well, it, I don't know. You know, I think that would be a very interesting pub crawl. There are like a there's like the bar at the end of the world that John Constantine goes to all the time. And then Marvel has their own uh, no name bar where all the the C list, B list villains hang out. And now we've got the villain. Bar. I mean, the villain bar in the DC universe. It sounds like an interesting time. Yeah. And so it's it's, it's going to be a party. Yeah. But at at the end of all this, we get. um 
Dr. Light showing back up. I'm going to switch my headphones real quick. Yeah, we get, <clears throat> they, they go to attack Dr. Light. They find out where he is hidden, but Dr. Light has hired some muscle to help him. And it is the OG death stroke, which, um, which leads into the issue, the issue three, which H Hector says is one of his top 10 issues of all time. And because um, issue three is mainly like some smackdown, I think we can go, go ahead and cover issue three. Um, well, I just wanted to say at the end of this issue two, Dr. Midnight comes up with the, uh, she did not die of burns. Yeah. You know, he did says you're, it ain't, doc he basically says it's not Dr. Light, which by the way, Dr. Midnight in the human target is fantastic. Yes, he is. And like goes, all the time I'd he's like trying to, to I'd invite like to take you to church. You want to come to church with me? I mean, it's not pushy or mean or like over to the top uh, evangelism. It's just like we have a relationship. I'm concerned about your eternity. You're and, genuinely, um, you're genuinely falling apart, and you're going to die in 12 days. Would you like to come to church with me? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Anyway, so that's yeah. No, I had that oh, thought too, and I can't wait. Thank you, Tom King. That book is about to start back. Um, I know it took a hiatus; it's killing me. I'm, a, I, I'm picking up Batman and Catwoman 12 today because I forgot to pick it up last week. So, finally, put the kibosh on that one. That's, I'm so glad that's over. I mean, it took forever—three years almost. It did, I mean, and, and I don't feel like I gained anything other other from a no, little snapshot just, of the future. But right, a little bit of closure. But uh, I felt like you know. I felt the Tom King's best work that I've had here recently, other than human target, which is, was the Supergirl miniseries. And if you didn't get a chance to read it, uh, the, the trade is woman come, about to be in my mailbox. It is the most, so far it's my book of the year. So that ended. Okay. Yeah. Um, the art is gorgeous. The story is great, but it's a lot of reading. Anyway. Oh, and, and that's what I'm looking forward to. And I waited until <clears> it was in trade. Cause I've missed the beginning of it. All right. right. So just, uh, we're going to pop over to issue three. And uh, issue three is the cover of it is a Michael Turner cover of, it, and it yep. is a magnificent piece of art. But uh, uh, and I've got this <laughs> issue. I can literally pull this issue out of a box in a second, um, uh, like just like Todd just did. <laughs> um, it is my favorite one, and in that you get, and I'm, I know we're about to talk about, it, so it's not like a spoiler, but you get Deathstroke single-handedly wiping out a Justice League in like 12 seconds or something yeah it's like no time and the time it took to have a sentence he wiped out the whole yes Justice league single-handedly yeah the time it takes to have a sentence he wipes them all completely out so you know this being when it was 18 years ago um i don't think that i had a healthy respect of deathstroke before this no he was just a perv yeah. i say that because he at that point, he had seduced somehow Tara, a young girl, to do his bidding to help destroy the Teen Titans, which is how we get Nightwing, basically. And um, that's all. That was my run-in with um, Deathstroke. And basically, Dr. Light and Deathstroke, they're all Teen Titan villains at that point. Yeah. They weren't really mainstream villains. But this one, this one issue... <laughs> to me, put him on the map of like, oh, you, you somebody now. Uh, and this was too like, just to add to the climate, the same time that we were walked or the same time that we were reading this 
reported that this was coming out. This was also the same time that civil war was around the corner. So mm. this was just a heavy time of division in terms of like uh, divisive opinions about characters and heroes and stuff. So I know it wasn't like the same week or anything, but it wasn't far apart. Um, so that was just a, that was a, it was a big deal with that. So, uh, the, the issue just starts with, uh, Deathstroke popping out and, uh, well, the issue, issue two ended with Deathstroke, like laying out Ralph Dibney, um, and him popping in saying you have to bring in a professional. Um, but one of the things that I like is like, uh, Black Canary says, Slade, this isn't your fight. And he responds for this amount, the free amount of money he's paying. It most certainly is, though I do this one for free. Yeah. 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 He's just this like, is... mm-hmm. go ahead. He's a, he's a bad mama jamma in this one. You just have to appreciate everything that he does. I mean, it, it, and it's so just to write this comic for him to take out the entire thing, the way he takes out people, like he took out the atom with a laser, laser pointer. pointer. <laughs> Because, and that's the thing, and, like, I felt, I was, like, I wasn't sure if that was accurate or if I should, I was, like, is that believable? Um, but, like, that, uh, but yeah, like, that because it still has mass. Yes. That he took out the atom with a laser pointer, and now, like, you know, I think of every time I see somebody, like, using a laser pointer playing with their cats, I'm, like. Oh, they're that, poor. I hope, I hope Ray Palmer's not here. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he takes out he does absolutely nothing to destroy the flash. I mean, he sets off some explosions for no other reason than to get the flash to run exactly where he wants him to run. And before uh, Ollie can say, you know, Wally, stop. It's already done. And, and that's one of the things of it too, is that, uh, um, you know, his big thing is that he's can see what they're going to do. He can predict it. He uses his brain more effectively. And, you know, that was the thing. He's like, all I got to do is create the right scenario. And you're just going to take care of yourselves. So his daughter, this is an aside from this, that yes. can't she see the future? Yes. So much. Like Cassandra, a, she gets, right? glimpses. No, 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 not Cassandra. What's her name? Uh, Rose. Ra- Rose. Yeah. She gets glimpses of the future. Yeah. Ravager is her hero or villain name. Yeah villain name yeah okay so which is interesting because he he does not have that power but he plans ahead yeah she gets the cheat sheet see it she gets the cheat sheet but dad works it out in advance yeah so yeah yeah so he basically had his sword turned around backwards knowing that if he set off explosions wally would come up from him from the behind and wally just runs right in he basically impales himself with deathstroke's sword at the very beginning. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and but yeah, my nice. one of my favorite lines is um where it says he twists the sword to make sure he stays down. Um, this is I, I know I'm about to reference a movie that is not like Academy Award winning or life changing or anything, but one of the things that's always stayed with me is uh the movie face off. Um with uh, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Did you ever see that? Never did. Okay. No, but I know it, I know the premise of the movie. It was the most 90s thing possible. And I heard uh, they're making a sequel. Oh, oh no. I've heard that. That's the rumor. Anyway. Um, but like Nicolas Cage 
has a very inappropriate line that was an iconic line out of the film but there's a moment where um john travolta is teaching his daughter some self-defense stuff and he gives her a butterfly knife oh nice and um and he teaches her if you're ever attacked uh take the butterfly knife go for the thigh stab and twist and he and he like he gives he gives like this big instruction on why that's really really important and he like this moment so like it's like verbatim he twists the knife the blade to make sure she stays down or he stays down um yeah because i watched that movie so much as a in the 90s i that's always been my instruction to my kids twist Um, uh, stab (laughs) and twist like stab and twist like if we're ever at like a big outdoor event or where wherever i give my kids pocket knives and and i always carry one yeah and like so especially if like we're at the beach or like we're somewhere like my kids might be out of my reach they've got Mm -hmm. a pocket knife and like and literally when i hand it to them i don't even say anything i just hold it out and they're like stab and twist (laughs) (laughs) you got like your own little gang this is going to be like uh the the warriors the old 80s movie (laughs) well so uh we had a three-hour traffic jam in atlanta on friday that's Um, normal traffic on friday and yeah and as and we recognized that and we were we were stuck in there and um and like some bella doesn't know a lot about the walking dead and she said something you know you're like i'd hate to be in a zombie apocalypse in atlanta and i'm like that's why i'm I'm like you do you know what the walking dead is she's like no it's like it's a zombie apocalypse in atlanta in atlanta and 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 so like she paused she looked down for a second she's like well, if any family is going to survive a zombie apocalypse, it's ours. And I'm like, oh, good. Right on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I appreciate you. I praised you well. Um, but no, it's just like <laughs> Deathstroke, like just did all these things. And like the fact that uh, he took out uh, Zatanna just by like <laughs> making her unable Gut to talk. punching her. Gut yeah, punch her. she throws up and now she can't talk. And I thought it was neat that even though there were... Um, two people whose powers were vocal in essence yeah. he took them out in different ways i don't remember i took out dinah how did he take he, her out he put like a soundproof bag over her head oh yeah i see yeah i remember now yeah now, because that's the thing even if because that wouldn't have worked for zatanna because she could have spoken it under the bag i think and it would right. still function mm-hmm. but the sound right. would vibrate off of that thing and nullify mm-hmm. her um, and the fact he gets Ollie, Ollie thinks he's got him because he bends over and he misses me. But he goes, oh, wait, he wasn't aiming for that. <laughs> he yeah. was aiming for my arrows. Now, he I don't know him. if you know this, but they actually had an identity crisis action figure line. No, Mm-mm. they were masterpieces, dude. Um, they were I think they were all based on Michael Turner covers. Gotcha. So good. They didn't um, have the wonky faces from Rags Morales but i had the ollie um action figure and it actually came with uh you could have normal arrows in the back or or broken ones or the broken no. ones. oh that is cool and i thought it was that was one of my favorite things it's just like i appreciated the small detail that you could no have the, the sliced deathstroke arrows um in there nice um and you know deathstroke just dismantles this whole team and you know like i said that he cut the the strap holding the wings off but um 
then, you know, this is again, he took out the whole league and he left the Green Lantern for last. Um, yeah. And I like that. He goes, what are you doing? He says, I'm testing a theory. You know, who has the strongest will? Right. It's so basically literally just trying to see if he can overpower a Green Lantern. with yeah, will. Let's find out. I'm going <laughs> to test a theory. This is fun. I get a chance to find out. Do I have the stronger will? And uh, he goes, it's not going to work for you. He goes, we'll see that, won't we? <laughs> again, like, oh, at that, this was the moment it, that made him like, you know, again, there was not a better desk. I don't know if I've seen a better death stroke moment since this either. Um, like, no, I, can't, I don't think so. Now that he has his own book, I mean, it's a, it's basically a desk. Well, it is Deathstroke Incorporated. I mean, it's basically. I don't know. I think he works better as a two or three story arc character. Um, but you know how we do now. Anybody who's vaguely re- associated with the Bat family gets their own book until, yeah. you know, readership drops to three people. Um, shoot, even your, I think I heard your, your fave book's coming back. So which one? Um, the Red Hood. I heard they were bringing Red Hood back with the uh, I- Red Hood and the, his his what do you, what was that book outlaws um, yeah but it's coming to webtoon oh well i mean i get it yeah and that's the thing maybe I they'll like, maybe they'll maybe they'll um print it eventually you know yeah and that's yeah. that's i'm looking forward to that. and i'll say this too like uh out of this whole fight um one of the most gangster things to me is ollie stabbing slade in the right eye in the eyeball like, yeah he goes his, i know this one the bad eye but still, like, even with that, that's just questionable to me because, like, yeah. he, at that point in time, you're, like, a few points of pressure away from brain damage. Exactly. And I'm like, mm, that's super questionable. But then again, Ollie did kill somebody right after this. So, like, yeah, he uh, murked Prometheus a few so years later. So, I don't know. And then during the whole entire fight that, you know, Slade then loses it, basically, and just go, gives in to his base. Here's the deal. He gives in to who he is at his core and just goes berserk and allows them to all gang up on him and basically defeat him. And at that point, Dr. Light what is watching what's going on. And he has the, oh, wait a minute. This looks vaguely familiar. And that's when he says, you took my mind. Which is why you like, put him in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, because he he sees it. And the interesting thing is, I noticed this right away. In one of the that, panels, you, you go back. We, we see in this comic book, I think it was the end of last issue, you see them all piled up on Dr. Light, fighting him. But when Dr. Light sees it in his mind, Batman's there. And Batman was not there when they described it. I saw that instantly too. Yeah, just being and I was like, wait a minute, what the heck? Um, I was like, is this a mistake? I literally pulled the other issue out. I was like, wait, was this a misprint? Like, what's was, up? Mm-hmm. So then light like basically blows up, his light goes everywhere, and then everybody gets blinded and they wake up and Superman's there <laughs> and Deathstroke's gone, and so is Dr. Light. And then comes your, just a little bit later, comes like your favorite line of everything. Um, Clark hears what he wants to hear. 
Yeah. So they basically tell him, oh, we we thought Deathstroke was the guy and he just took our lunch money, basically. And <laughs> and then the funny thing is, is that Wally steps in to explain it all. And I wonder if Wally does it because I, I would think I think it would be hard to tell if a flash was lying if you were Superman because their heart beat, you know, I don't oh, know. Oh, that's super smart, dude. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because they can do all kinds. I, I, that's that would be my thought. Um, it would be sort of something hidden back away, sort of like uh, um, the uh, uh, you know Car- uh, Carter being able to see see him vibrating. Um, so yeah, I swear on Barry's grave, I'll hand you over to Clark myself. I like that part where he's like, you want to trash your own name, that's fine, but you're not going to trash Barry's name. Yeah. You know? Well, it's, you know, that love for your mentor with that. But as mm-hmm. as we see this, that he wasn't the only one that uh, got mind wiped or whatever, that like there was like literally a whole slew of folks. Yeah, they like, have a Daily Planet cover. Um, did you ever read that? That that story that that daily switcheroo one yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so it's basically the group cobra which is a um which is funny because they that's who did the whole switcheroo which is why they go after slipknot because they mentioned that slipknot in jail he didn't find jesus he found cobra so he joined the group cobra so they're thinking we'll find slipknot because they they were the ones that found all these people's identities and did the switcheroo on us. Um, and that we get that in the next issue when it's got that gorgeous cover where basically wonder woman's only, it's like her biggest part in the entire book is in issue four where they go to interrogate slipknot, but, um, so we spend the next, next part of this book talking about like, where everybody learned who everybody was like, you know, they even reference the killing joke. There's a panel from the killing joke in it. Um, and, uh, that's how we find out that they mind wiped all these people, which, you know, it makes sense and logic and retrospect. And I would expect something like this from Brad Meltzer, but I don't think that there's a lot of us that put a ton of thought into this. This just kind of like, like, did you like, was this a concern for you? Like, did you ever think about this stuff? What? Like the identities and, you know, these people finding this stuff on a regular basis. Um, like losing their identities, you mean people finding like, out who they were? Yeah. So I, it was funny because I put a little um, quiz out, a little poll out there in the interwebs on the Love Thy Nerd and on my own podcast, on my own uh, Facebook. Like if you had a secret identity would you want it kept secret? And the vast majority of the people is like, yes, I'd love to keep it secret. Although I have a big mouth, it'd be awful hard to keep it secret. Um, but I think that's the biggest, you know, I, I love the, I love the Jimmy Kimmel clip from Superman versus Batman. Yes. That's it? great. I mean, yes. everybody should know that. You know, I'm like, it's so funny that Jimmy Kimmel's like, wait, here, you take this picture? Yeah. Say cheese. You know, something like that. And you're like, wait a minute, we put that up there again. I, I can't imagine 
we we just in real life there's no way all these people could hide their identities there's just no way well you know uh, on that note have you seen the thing with zoe deschanel what thing there's a, a clark kent situation with zoe deschanel they're like you know i never believed that you know hair cutting some glasses could uh completely hide your identity until i saw zoe deschanel without bangs and glasses really and they've got the picture side by side and like literally you wouldn't know it's the same person well maybe so but the issue is for casual observers you wouldn't know but for people who you have in your life they would know oh yeah there's no way that you could keep it secret from everyone you know i can't you know especially your wife or your family there's no way i'll be right back honey you know so and i don't have an alfred to dress up like me you know, as Batman to, so that I can be at the same place twice or, or whatever. Um, but especially, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing, your family, because you're, that's your, that is our weakness, honestly, is our family. Dr. Light had it right. Um, and if, and you would, you know, we feel helpless, especially when we're not around them. I mean, I have three adult children, you know, 27 to 21. And, um, I pray for them all the time. Oh, that's fantastic. That doesn't even look like her. It's crazy pants. Hector just (laughs) sent me a picture of Zoe Deschanel. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, my wife and I pray for my three kids all of the time because they are now outside of our protection and there's nothing we can do. And it's a helpless feeling you know, but we have to have a lot of faith and and I think that's the issue. You have to have a lot of faith that they will choose what's right. And that, you know, we have a God that protects them. And then whatever happens, we will have, we will be equipped with the equipped with the materials to handle whatever happens. Um, no matter how big or how small, but, um, Again, you never find out who you truly are until you're put in the midst of a crisis. So, yeah. That's why it's an identity <laughs> crisis. <laughs> you know, because then you find out. I can't even go to, I can't go anywhere without somebody seeing me or, you know, knowing who I am or something like that. And because, and it's the same way with you, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, but where I'm a pharmacist in the community, you know, I see people, I go into Walmart or I go into, you know, the grocery store, whatever. And sometimes you just want to be able to go and leave without having a conversation. And then other times you want to sit and talk, but you know, anyway, yeah, I would be extremely concerned if I were a superhero, it would make me question whether I actually want to be a superhero, honestly. Well, and that's the, um, uh, there's an old Cademan's call lyric that said, I love anonymity and I love being noticed just the same as anybody else. It's like, we all have that balance that of it. And hilarious. I, I, there's times I really, cause like I I'm in that boat. Like I can't go anywhere without like mm-hmm. somebody knowing me. Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. everybody's going to know, but somebody's going to know me. And right. like that idea of like, I just want to be anonymous without that. And, you know, the, having an identity secret isn't just protection. It's also a chance to be able to let everything down because, you know, you know, as you kind of saw in heroes and crisis and stuff, it's just like having to carry this weight the whole time is exhausting. It is exhausting. Exactly. 
And like, even like you said, with your adult daughters, like I'm struggling with my 14 year old daughter being at a Bible camp. I built 20 right. miles from here. <laughs> a Bible camp. Yeah. I gotcha. I'm struggling yeah. with that. Like the first time it. she asked to stay after school for a basketball game. Oh yeah. I'm like, there's a bunch of only heathens stay after school for basketball games. <laughs> like you can no way. And it's just like, and I, and I've tried to be very transparent with my kids. And I was like, I want to say, I said, I want to tell you this. Everything in my flesh tells me that this is a trap and you're doing something shady and that I need to be worried. <laughs> and yeah. like everything in it my sounds flesh. like a trust issue, man. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, and I was like, this isn't about you. It's about the fact I don't trust anyone else. And exactly. I'm scared yeah. to let you be gone. It's like, but I'm going to, I'm letting you know, I feel this, but I'm also letting you go do what you want because what I'm mm-hmm. feeling is fear. And that's not what God's given me. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go, but I just know I hate it <laughs> and it scares me. Right. So don't do anything stupid. Um, nice. And that, that's, that's been this whole year of her finishing eighth grade going into high school has been like, Oh, wow. Yeah. High school. She starts high school. And well, she's so this kid for her first time of working at a summer camp for a whole summer, didn't just want to do that. She decided to go ahead and enroll in high school during the summer. Oh, so she's taking classes during the summer. Yeah. So she's literally doing a full day's crazy workload of camp stuff and then sneaking Mm -hmm. into the um, counselor lounge to do science. Oh, nice. And I'm like, and so she's exhausted, but I'm like, man, but you know, it's it's the thing. All I wanted to do was ride my bike in the summer. Well, all I wanted to do was like not be hot for the longest time (laughs) because I lived in a single wide trailer with no insulation and it was used. I lived in this. I lived in a single wide trailer, man. There were six of us and my mom would say, go outside and don't come back in until dinner. That's what we did. You feel, I feel you, brother. I feel you. But my dad did do heating and air conditioning. So we did have an air conditioner. Nice. It was nice. But they only only cooled the living room. And then we put sheets or blankets in, to cut off the rest of the house. So, you know, that, that was it. That was the only part that was air conditioned was the living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so outside of, outside of revealing, uh, you know, uh, boomerang has a kid and some calculator dialogue that's basically issue three as well setting well no because yeah but it also sets up uh gene loring is yeah yeah. on the last murder at the end on the last page page, we see gene loring being hung over a door frame um by someone who's not there and you know to be fair they did a good job because i suspected nothing other than oh here goes another one yeah yeah, and, and interesting that they 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 choose honestly they choose characters that they put in peril of basically obscure characters in this. I mean, you get Boomerang and his son, you get Gene Loring and and the Adam. I mean, I don't know. I I collected a mini series with the Adam, and it was was terrible. Um, uh, and uh, Sue Dibney and Ralph Dibney, and then Tim Drake and his dad. Now, Tim, Tim was a big game player at that time, but his right. dad wasn't. Dad wasn't. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, but he was also um, the only Robin that had living parents. <laughs> so. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, well. Yeah. He was the only Robin with living parents. So it's just. Tim like, Drake's my favorite Robin. And I mean, 
I think, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but I like, there was a line in Hush, which, you know, it's my, one of my favorite books, right. um, mm-hmm. where, uh, uh, Bruce says that he is the greatest detective and by all rights, he should be the next Batman who Tim Drake. Yeah. Like Bruce but says now that, that was before Damien, correct? Yes. This was yeah. pre Damien. Yeah. And well, Damien was a baby that he didn't know about. Yeah. And so like every time I hear something about the next Batman or see something, them changing, you know, a different character to Rob to Tim. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, I hear that one line from Jeff Loeb in my head all, all the time. huh? Like yeah. of he is the greatest detective and he should be the next Batman. Now, knowingly, like we got battle for the cow right after that. And then him being Batman lasted 30 seconds. Um, if you saw that outcome of that story, but like it was all three Robins fighting over being Batman, whether they wanted it or not. Oh no, I did not see that. I didn't read that. Um, that was during my hiatus away from comics, but I do know about it. So yeah. Jason claimed it wore an armored Batman suit. Uh, Tim put on the suit to try and stop Jason. And Jason stabbed him in the sternum with a battering. <laughs> nice. And then like uh, Dick had to take him out and become Batman. Right. Just to yeah. stop Jason from being Jason at that point. Um, and I mean, there's so much good in this series and, you know, I'm having a blast talking about it with you. And yeah. No kidding. We'll, we'll come and back. Maybe and by the, maybe by December we'll be done. <laughs> That's I, I all see, right. I see. Mm, august or september maybe who knows but you yeah, know we're, yeah. we're in there if we, awesome. if we do two issues a thing we should be good but if not i'm also in no hurry because uh i am in no hurry either so man it, it's been great talking with you todd and um you too hector i look forward to talking some more and you know next time like you said next time you see me you owe me a uh doctor not a doctor no. uh, an ALA. ala yeah yeah a case i'll bring the real mccoy i won't bring that watered down stuff like you you know it'll be the real deal <laughs> Uh, I'll take the sugar free. I just I just want all the caffeine in the world. Okay. Well, the diets are pretty good too. Yeah. So, all right, everybody. Yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, taking time to uh, listen to this. If you are listening to this, or if you're watching it on Facebook, um, before we bounce out of here, I want to take a moment to uh, thank uh, some of our Patreon sponsors, and also just let you know that uh, we have GalaxyCon uh, Raleigh coming up at the end of July. That's going to be our last. Uh, well, it's not our last. We've got more shows, but it's our big show for the year. Um, so uh, grateful for that coming up. We've got some stuff. We have the um, children's book. Uh, Can I still wear my cape? Literally, like we're this close <laughs> to done. Fractions away. Um, Fractions away. He, he sent me the last page of the book. One centimeter. Um, so I got the last page and I'm waiting. He's going to do the cover today. Um, and so by all rights and purposes, I could start publishing the book tomorrow. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, but you know, just let you know, that's coming up. And I want to take a moment to thank our, uh, Patreon sponsors, uh, uh, Candace Davis, Jay Sheed. I don't know Jay Sheed. Jay Sheed's a new oh, person. Hi, Jay cool, Sheed. Jay. Awesome, hi. Jay. You um, rock. Uh, but yes, Jay Sheed, just a new person to me. So hi, Jay Sheed. Um, uh jillian jason crutchfield michelle byers um and i that this is sad but uh i just realized she's still on our patreons michelle passed away um one of oh, our patreon supporters wow. um and i didn't i didn't find that out until recently and um but yeah uh michelle 
uh, her daughter contacted me to let me know that she had passed away. Um, but uh, Mike Perna, Todd Turner. Oh, that's you. Um, Jonathan Jacobs, uh, Zach Harris, Caleb Grimm, Jeanette Skaggs, Chris Poyer, Jason Bullock, Christina Ray, Sarah Lewis, Patrick Gale, Rebecca Godlove, Adam Davis, and Stephanie Schwann. Um, thank you all for contributions and helping make uh, all that we do possible. Um, my podcast just got renewed for next year for like the like the domain. I was like, oh, yay. I just had to redo my uh, website, which is in poor construction. And I was like, oh, Kathy's like, what did we just charge? I was like, oh, yeah, my bad. I forgot to mention it. Yeah. Chris Poirier actually paid and set it for our website initially. And I don't even know what to do with that. So I sure. That's amazing. Yeah. He's, wow. he's a rock star. Uh, and uh, I think he used some of Columbus got game to do it. So good. Um, but, uh, you know, that's co- probably coming up soon. But uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. And uh, we will uh, be back uh, soonish to talk about yeah. this some more. Absolutely. And, uh, thank you all so keep much. Keep your identity safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, know your identity and then keep it safe. <laughs> there you go. All right. Y'all have a great day.